0: Hello, we're Out Loud with Kai, Elena, and Mia. Today we'll be discussing and answering questions regarding sex and sexual health from students. So our first question is, what is the best brand of condoms?
1: Well, I think it's first important to note that all condoms are FDA regulated, which means that they all have to follow the same set of rules and regulations and standards um, in order to be used. And condoms are considered a class two medical device. so technically, there, there really isn't a best.
2: Yeah, they'll all get the job done, and nothing's gonna really, like, I don't know, get you pregnant? I don't know. Well, I <laughs> guess, like, there's always that 0.2% chance or whatever, but... Right, right, right. Yeah, Especially
0: so. if used correctly, too, because a lot of people don't use them correctly, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, so they're all FDA-regulated, and they all have to go through, like, the same set of tests, so, like, holding a gallon of water, and just different durability, and, like, stretchability, and, like, Electric tests, so all Trojans, yes, people, like, just, like, think that they're better, but I think at the end of the day, it's just, like, they have a lot of money, and they have, like, a really good marketing team, so we all think that Trojan's the best, but at the end of the day, they all have to follow the same guidelines, so even the ones that we, like, in our heads, like, for sure, even me before, like, learning about this, thought that, like, some condoms were, like, you know, just like cheaper for sure, not going to be as great. Like that's not the reality. So I think that's like, honestly, was groundbreaking for me to learn. That's true.
1: And I I think those, those price differences and things all just come with marketing and packaging. Packaging. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's, it's really interesting because I've brought condoms over, like, especially from like Sex Out Loud's office over to do non-academic activities. (laughs) And um, I've had people be like, oh, I don't, I don't use that kind. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't use that
0: kind? It's a condom. (laughs) Right. And it's all about personal preference too at the end of the day. Like condoms will say whatever they're going to say, like whether it's ribbed or studded or whatever else, like they're all different. But also at the end of the day, it's like personal preference. So like whatever you think works best for you probably works best for you. But like, I think it's just nice to be, to keep in mind that like they all have the same regulations. So like we can mess around. Find what we like and all be safe. And not one is better
2: than the other. And don't be afraid to buy the cheap shit because it's still regulated. <laughs> so budget. Don't be worried. Period.
0: <laughs> so true.
1: Alright. And I think we can transition to the next question that we received from a student. And that question is: Is it normal for your butthole to bleed after anal?
2: Okay, so. And anus is not self-lubricating, um, so you need to lube, use some lube. Um, and, Lots of lube. Yeah, a lot of lube. <laughs> the wetter, the better. <laughs> as Kai likes to say. <laughs> yeah, as Kai likes to say. <laughs> um, it's possible for there to be, like, little bleeding, maybe micro tears, but I feel like if it's, like, starting to be, like, a thing you're really noticing, then you should be using more lube or maybe getting more, like comfortable and like more stretched out because yeah it should not be bleeding a lot right
0: like it it can happen for sure obviously especially if we're not using lube especially if we're not like prepping ahead of time like the anus again like isn't self-lubricating there are two muscles down there and it can be especially if we're nervous or we're not relaxed or we're not communicating like we for sure can damage that area and I think the number one thing to also really remember is that like bleeding isn't normal. We shouldn't be feeling pain. If we are, we can always slow down, um, add more lube, and just, like, take a break and start small and kind of work our way up. Um, I think that's, like, really important, but also, like, the bad thing about bleeding, like, even if it's just a little bit here and there, at the end of the day, like, that kind of, like, over time will create scar tissue, and that scar tissue will kind of make it harder and harder, to, to, you know, have pleasure in that area, we have a lot of nerves there. So, like, as that scar tissue builds up, just because it's, like, little tiny micro tears, like, eventually will will make a difference. So, we want to make sure we're protecting ourselves at the end of the day
1: while having fun. (laughs) And I I think this also goes into communicating if something hurts, Um, especially because I think a lot of people associate anal, like, anal with pain sometimes Mm -hmm. just because that's you know people can be intimidated by that but i think um you know if something unwanted pain or discomfort is something you should definitely communicate with your partner because or whomever you are engaging with at the time i i just think it's important to start slow as you said use lube and definitely that communication is really important because that protects you, protects your sphincter, protects everything. Communication is key y'all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And starting small. And starting small. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, the next question was, I like to be roughed up, but don't know how to ask my partner. What should I do? So again, the most important <laughs> thing is communication.
1: Whoa, <laughs> communication. Oh <my> God.
0: <laughs> like honestly, talking about anything is probably most likely going to help alleviate some of the problem uh-huh. whether like maybe it's not fixing it, but it's for sure gonna be an important factor
2: I feel like if you're not talking about it Then you're spending a lot of time thinking about it and True. then you're just the more that you think about it The bigger it gets in your head and the less that you're really able to like
1: Enjoy take it realistically
2: Relax. enjoy it and actually realize that like oh my partner or whoever I'm doing this with probably doesn't care And just wants to know what you want to do at the end of the mm-hmm. day yeah, yeah.
1: And we also want to stress that conversations such as these even, um, uh, and we'll talk about more communication tactics later in this episode, but um, a lot of times communication should happen outside the bedroom and not
2: immediately before
1: the act um, for a variety of reasons. But it it essentially ensures that all parties know um, the risks and make informed decisions that aren't necessarily driven by... Like, in the moment. In the moment feelings. The
0: heat of the the moment, Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, For Um, sure. And, yeah, I think even, like, going further to, like, I mean, not everyone's great at communicating. And, like, I mean, it's hard to communicate. So, we're not, like, saying that it's going to be super, super easy. But, like, at the end of the day, if we're all communicating, we're all probably going to be having better sex. And that's the goal, to make sure we're
2: having fun, our partners are having fun. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And just make sure to discuss your boundaries and maybe even have like safe words if you're trying something new just like so that you know like, okay, like if I don't like this at any point, there's an
1: immediate stop
2: and you're
1: good, you know. Yeah. Um. While we're on this topic of communication, um, this can partially answer our next question, which is... How do I ask about STI status or testing before hooking up with somebody?
2: Well, it is recommended to talk about STI status before any sexual encounter happens outside of the bedroom, if possible. But it could be, like, leading up to the moment. <laughs> it's, it's I don't know. Any time that you yeah. can say it before it happens is important. Right. Just mm-hmm. to be like, hey, this is important. Like, I... I need to know this. but yeah. <laughs> before I, mean, I make this decision, I think especially like if we're thinking about consent and like
0: how how deep consent goes, like it's not just something that's like super simple all the time. and like something that we like to say is that part of giving consent is being informed of what's mm-hmm. happening, whether that's like knowing exactly what's going to be happening and what you're consenting to, but also like barrier methods, potentially like contraception, whether like a partner is on like birth control or not. Um, if you're intending to use a condom or a sex dam or like whatever you're you're interested in using, like having that conversation, but also having the conversation about testing. How often you've been tested potentially um, when the last time you were tested, and I think like giving that information ahead of time makes things a lot easier. I for sure think like you're not gonna be worrying in the moment then. It's something that you can kind of like just get out of your head and like truly be in that moment to enjoy it rather than like worrying about, you know, a birth control method or worrying about STI status. It's just, like, at that point, you can really enjoy the sex that you're having without worrying about all that stuff, if
1: you talk about it ahead of time. Absolutely. Sex should be, like, an informed decision, mm-hmm. for sure. And, um...
2: Yeah, because no one's going to want to, like, have sex with someone
1: if they're going to get crabs. Like, like <laughs> yeah. if they're
2: like, oh, yeah, I have crabs right now. Like,
1: yes. please. <laughs> like, I-, I also think that these conversations... Yeah. Can be intimidating for some, but uh, this is something we're definitely trying to normalize in this day and age. Like STIs are so common, and you know it's it's very likely a lot of times that it, if you're not you know practicing s- safe methods or whatever, um sometimes like you, you'll encounter them, and that that's okay. There, it happens, but it's just something you know having that conversation is something we should normalize to mitigate. um right. Like if we can decrease our
0: risk that's like great absolutely
1: that being said though like
0: scis shouldn't be something like that's super super scary Mm -hmm. they're treatable curable like at the end of the day most of them are and if they're not then they're manageable Mm -hmm. and we can all figure that out together kind of a thing um there are again like i think there's a lot of stigma around testing positive for scis and like i think there's a lot of embarrassment there Mm -hmm. and people are like You know, not wanting to share that or disclose that if they are to become positive, which is, like, a whole other conversation. But, like, again, like, at the end of the day, making sure we're keeping ourselves safe and, like, the people we're potentially, like, hooking up with safe is important. Yeah. our next question is, is spit just as good as
2: lube? It can be used if you don't have lube, um, but we We recommend recommend using lube (laughs) for sure. It's good for like a little jiffy thing, but I don't know, yeah.
1: Spit dries fairly quickly, and it's honestly not the best. Like, it's there, but it's it's not the best, and as we said, it can be used in a pinch. Something that's really interesting about lube is that it is actually not FDA-approved, so that means the lube that you find in stores or online, et cetera, they're, they're not tested, which means that they, they don't have to meet a certain standard to be considered usable. And that's why it's so important for people to research the lube that they use. And again, there's this whole concept about preferences and what we like what works best for us whether that be silicone water-based um, hybrid like there are so many different options but we definitely
2: do not recommend any like cooling heating or numbing lube right. because it's known to cause like chemical burns and numbing is just like never a good thing um, because pain like when we experience pain it's our body's way of telling us like mm, something's wrong like maybe right. we should like yeah. Stop, do, do something different <laughs> Um, So you should always be able to, like, feel what's going on with your body. Um, But, yeah, um, in the Sex Out Loud office, they actually have a lot of different kinds of lube that they recommend. Um, And if you ever are, like, hmm, I don't know what I want to do, maybe just reach out. Head over to their office. They're always there to help. Yeah. And I
0: think going back to, like, condoms are FDA approved and lube, unfortunately, isn't. So, like, there's those really two big distinctions. Mm -hmm. And, like... Again, at the end of the day, like, if you have questions, like, for sure do your research ahead of time. Um, additionally, like, there can be materials in lube that they're not necessarily disclosing. So, like, if we have allergies, allergies. especially to, like, mm-hmm. nuts, things like that, like, there can be extracts in the lube, which they don't have to really label. Scary! So it's scary.
1: It is scary, lube so is scary sometimes. We want
0: to make sure, like, if we are researching a brand, kind of, like, vetting it, making sure that it's something that you can, like, for sure trust and if not a cool thing is like a lot of places whether it's like our office at sex out loud or just like sometimes even businesses have like small little pillows of lube or like sexway shops i know have like small amounts of lube that you can always like get and take home and like do little skin tests if you have toys you can do skin tests or like little dot tests on the toys to make sure that the lube isn't going to have any negative reaction with your body or your skin A lot of times, too, you're wanting to make sure of this because you're using it in, like, very sensitive areas. So we're wanting to make sure that our bodies are are not having any sort of negative reaction with the lube that we're potentially using before that moment happens. Mm
2: -hmm. And Then another question that has to do with communication. (laughs) Um, So someone asked, my girlfriend wants me to use a strap-on, but I'm not comfortable. What should I do? First of all, communication, communication, communication. If you don't want to do something, you should not do it. You know, like if you're not comfortable, do not feel like you have to do it. Um, You should definitely be able to have those boundaries um, and be able to talk about what you're comfortable with someone who you're like having sex with or going to go to use a strap on with. Like, yeah, always have those conversations. It's very important.
1: And I think a lot of times, especially in scenarios like this, sometimes partners or uh, y- whomever feel like they owe something, in a sense, to, you know, whoever they're with. And, what we, you know, we, we want to please who we're with a lot of the time, but, y- you know, we want to stress that sexual acts shouldn't be transactional. Just because you receive something doesn't mean you have to give something back, like that period.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I think that kind of goes back to Just like thinking about relationships in general and and compromising which Mm -hmm. is an interesting thing because like i think like compromising is good and we all kind of learn that like compromising is like a good part of a relationship and a necessary part almost Mm -hmm. but then when it comes to sex and consent it's like kind of a gray area because like if you're not a hundred percent on board with something then you shouldn't be compromising you know, your own, your own preferences or boundaries just because someone else is wanting to do something. Whether it's, like, you know, a certain sexual act or, or continuing or stopping in the moment. But, like, it's, it is for sure hard to think about because, like, you're not wanting to cross boundaries. You're not wanting to do something that you're not comfortable doing. But, again, like, it kind of goes back to, like, the transactional piece that you were just talking about. So, I think at the end of the day, like, consent should be, consensual and of Mm -hmm. course like you should be talking about it but it also does not necessarily mean that you have to like you know break your own boundaries um just so your partner is happy and at the end of the day like conversations are really important especially if we're if we're uncomfortable and I think sometimes though discomfort can like be a good thing so it may not necessarily it might not mean that it's like a hard no so I think that even like is, a, is even more of a reason to have that conversation because maybe there are different reasons that we're uncomfortable with whatever we're potentially gonna be doing. Yeah, Maybe it comes from like a lack of education or just not knowing what to expect or being nervous about something, which I think, again, like conversation is the most important thing because maybe in theory, we, we would love doing that with our partners. We're just uncomfortable about certain aspects. Mm-hmm. So like changing things and making ourselves more comfortable to like have the best sex life so we can have, I think is also important.
2: Like, you never really know what anyone is like like how someone is feeling about something unless you talk about it like mm-hmm. their fears or their concerns or like what they need in this situation like maybe it's like mm, i don't know about that but maybe if you talk about it like deeper it's like oh it's because of this reason that right. reason that reason just like what kai was saying like communication is so important in so many different levels of every like relationship you have especially like sexual relationships and you can always just delve further, learn more, and it's gonna be great for everyone.
1: And communication is sexy. Don't you wanna know? Like, <laughs> don't you wanna know the feeling? Yeah. Like, I don't know. All right, moving on to the next question. Someone asked, Where can I find new sex ideas? And I'm sure this is in relation to, you know, positions, you know, ideas to spice things up in the bedroom, um, things like that. So,
2: well, you can go to books. Just look up, I guess, online. Um, (laughs) The internet is where
1: can I find you (laughs) sexy?
2: What's a book? Um, You can talk to your partner. They might know more than you do, I guess. They might have different ideas, things they want to try out. Um, Also, I feel like the big blaring one is porn. A lot of people get new ideas from porn. But it's important to note that, like, porn is not real life. um, And some things that they do in porn, like, not a lot of people are comfortable with. and It's not realistic. Yeah, yeah, It's not realistic. Like But, but, like, that's
0: a great way to, like, form new ideas, though, Mm -hmm. too. Like, whether you're watching it solo or watching it potentially with a partner. um, A lot of people watch porn at the end of the day. Like, that's just reality. And I don't think it's bad or necessary. But it can, like, help relationships in a way as long as we're being, like, open and communicating. Because if potentially we're seeing something in the porn that we're watching, we're, like, interested in trying it, then, like, we can for sure have those conversations with our partners. To try new things, to like experiment a little bit and to have fun. But then yeah, just like Elena was saying, at the end of the day, like porn isn't realistic and you shouldn't like feel like
2: you have to meet certain standards because I mean it's acting and yeah. Yeah, it's edited. <laughs> yeah. Like if they don't sound if like your partner doesn't sound like how they sound and it yeah. or look how they look or do what exactly what they do, like that's it's just it's a production. It's literally like directed like you don't Mm -hmm. you don't direct shit in the bedroom
1: like no Mm -hmm. no I um I also want to bring up uh especially for our generation like there are a lot of games that exist too like that can be used like sex dice a lot of times like things like that can just like change things up, change things up for sure or like um there's you know bedroom conversation decks and things like that that'll just like prompt new ideas and like there are or a million different positions that you might not even know of with, like, that you can figure out through, like, games and things like that. I don't know. I just bring up games because I like games. So, games Games are fun. It takes, like, the pressure off of starting a conversation, too, because, like,
0: if you're not comfortable with just saying, like, hey, I want x, y, and z in the bedroom, like, Potentially playing a game makes that conversation easier. Yeah. You're
2: like, oh, the game said. Yeah. Like, what the game said. Oh, the game said.
0: <laughs> do this. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that being said, though, like, an easy one, though, is talking to our partners about fantasies. Like, at the end of the day, a lot of people do have fantasies. Mm-hmm. Um, some more extreme than others. Like, it depends. Like, everyone kind of has their, their own thoughts, of course, especially if they're, like, I said, mentioned before, like, watching porn or, like, into a lot of, like, solo play. Like, we can tie those into whatever sex we're having with our partners and communicate about that and just try new things. Um, But another thing is, like, incorporating toys if we already haven't done that. There are a million toys, like, literally millions of toys out Mm -hmm. there that can be additives, not replacements. So, like, you can add a lot of things to your sex life if you're okay and comfortable using toys. Um, But having those conversations with our partners is key yeah i guess we can move into our next question so it's why are so many guys into threesomes
2: (laughs) i feel like it has something to do with like men wanting to feel like this alpha male and the like i guess like the bit the best picture of an alpha male quote unquote is like a guy who dominates women and like women fawn over not even necessarily like forcing them but they just fawn over him and i feel like if especially if you're in a threesome and it's like two girls and one guy like that's kind of like the ultimate like maybe not even it's his fantasy but like society's fantasy for him that he's like (laughs) adopting
1: which is to say like it may come from porn too because threesomes are very common they're Mm -hmm. i i believe when Pornhub released their like statistics of the year um, threesomes were definitely up there, For sure. up there, always are. And that, this creates fantasies and minds and as you, like, a lot of, I, I do want to say though, like, it may come from a, uh, not everyone might be, and not every guy, you know, this question may come oh, yeah, yeah. from right. a different place not too, every but. every guy is wanting to dominate. Yes. <laughs> um, which may come from a cultural stigma. So, so not everyone may be into it, but, um, those that are, you know, could just, you know, like it to that might be their thing, but, you know, in regards to this question, why are so many guys into threesomes, like we said, like, um, these fantasies can often originate and, um, which kind of piggybacks off of Elena was saying, there's this, like, role sometimes that's played. It's just, like, a societal, like,
0: ideal, almost. Yeah. Like, it's, like, something that, like, people feel like they should be into, especially if they're not into it.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, like, such a, like, I feel like a locker room conversation a little bit. Yeah, like it's like the guys when they're with the guys. Like uh, it's like something oh God, you talk God, about. Of two like, <laughs> like once oh you do, bro, I had
1: a threesome. <laughs> like, this boy, boy.
0: like even if it's like in like TV shows or movies, like mm-hmm. it's just like in so much content that we're consuming, even if we're not like thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like something that's on our minds because it's just like always there. I think.
1: <sighs> I, I feel like it's also glamorized a bit, too. Like, in movies, when you see it, or whatever, it's, like, this guy who's, like, getting his dick sucked at the same time as he's yeah making out with it, which, I mean, like, that's... At like, in a threesome, but, like, it's, like, portrayed in this way where it's, like... It's just like got, a fantasy. Yeah, contractor. exactly. It's
2: like I think it's really important to examine, like do I really want to do this? Or, like, really think, like, why is want this to do what it? I want to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why do I want to do this? Why is it something that I'm desiring? I think it's always good to have, like, self-reflection sometimes, yes. especially with, like, these type of things that are very societally influenced to really decide like yes this is what i want to do i'm choosing this for myself or hey i feel kind of influenced by society right now i feel influenced by <laughs> right. people around me like it's a little weird to be like i'm being influenced by right. society but like it's really think for yourself like do i want to do this why do i want to do why like right mm-hmm. uh,
0: and communication too like it's i think when threesomes are a part of the conversation once all parties have consented at that point, like it does get more complicated. There are more bodies, of course. So we're wanting to have those conversations again about, you know, barrier methods if needed and um, having conversations about like STI testing and all of those things. I think like all of that stuff about like when we're having sex with partners, like if there's more people within that, then it just gets more complicated. So like being comfortable to have conversation and be open to communicating is like very crucial if we're thinking about threesomes or... Even more than that, potentially, like so it just gets more complicated, so I think it's something like communi- to to keep in mind is that communication's even more important when we're thinking of adding another person to the mm-hmm. mix
2: mm-hmm. all right, um, the next question I feel like is kind of not necessarily similar, but you guys will hear it. um, I want to try just hooking up, but don't know where to start, so I think first of all, again with kind of what we were talking about before, like it's really important to think about like. Is this what i really want like why do i want to do this um is this something that i feel pressure to do um especially like with us on college campuses mm-hmm. like it, you may feel like everyone's doing it and you're like why am i not um and obviously like there's nothing wrong with hooking up like you can totally do it there's like nothing wrong with you but it, i feel like it's always good to examine why you're doing things like like
1: yeah yeah, I think hookup culture specifically on um UW Madison's campus is very like it's very prominent. Mm-hmm. And I think that it those who are not involved in hookup culture, which again, like you find what's comfortable for you or what you enjoy, but like those who are involved, like you may feel left out or like mm-hmm. there there's this idea of of um chasing a body count sometimes even, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have. So it's trying to, you know, let's deconstruct that a little mm. bit and talk about, you know, hooking up is, it's complex, <laughs> <laughs> but it can also like, if if you're trying it for the first time, let's let's talk about the basics first, which communication yes. shocker <laughs> shocker, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you need to really know what your boundaries are. Um, consent and STI status um, are especially important in this context, especially if, uh, you know, it depends if you're hooking up with multiple people or just one. Uh, It doesn't matter. Like, these things are so important to talk about. And um, as we said, informed consent, informed STI status, all of this should be comprehensive. Mm
0: -hmm. I think also mentioning, like, Like, there's, like, a certain idea of, like, what the college experience is (laughs) and, like, the ideal college experience. Like, if you're in college, like, you should be partying and Mm -hmm. you should be drinking and you should be doing all of these things and hooking up with as many people as possible. And it's, like, almost like a status thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like, on campuses sometimes. So, like, again, like, thinking about, like, where those pressures are coming from and if you want to hook up at the end of the day, like, and that's the best option for you and that's what you want to do, that's great and there are a lot of things that you can do to make that happen. Yeah, but do it if, and right and do it healthy, but if you're not sure and you're just like feeling all these pressures to hook up, like there are a lot of people on campus who still aren't having sex. And like there's a lot of reasons why people aren't having sex. It's not super simple all the time. So mm-hmm. just like figuring out like what's best for you at the end of the day is is the most important thing. But I guess, like, continue tips, like, a lot of people do a lot of different things, whether it's, like, going to parties or using, like, apps to find people to hook up
2: with, like. You can, like, literally, on apps, you can just say what you're looking for. Be like, I want to hook up with someone, and then I I guarantee there's probably going to be someone else who just wants to hook up, so. Just got to make sure they're, like, a legit person. Um, Being open, being safe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. share your
2: location with a friend. Very Um, (laughs) important. Very important. Yeah. Make sure Um, you're feeling comfortable and, like, safe and stuff.
1: And I would also just add that, like, be intuitive to your gut feelings sometimes, especially in circumstances when you're about to, you know, hook up with someone or you're looking to hook up with people. Um, I learned this, like, I feel like a very hard way and I was, you know, it's great and fun to be in the moment, but I I think it's also, like, just important to know who you're about to... (laughs) share that your body with you know and that experience with just because um some people can be a little whack for lack of a better term um and just like may may, you don't you don't want to leave feeling dissatisfied or regretting anything so just like be in tune with yourself and have fun um This is actually a popular question. (laughs) Um, Does pineapple actually make my cum taste sweet?
0: Okay. (laughs) So there's a lot to, like, break down with this question. But, like, at the end of the day, like, first and foremost, like our bodies and our body fluids are not supposed to taste sweet. Like, we're not supposed to smell like flowers. Like, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it is that, if it's something, like, you're trying to achieve, like, it makes sense. Because at the end of the day, especially for, like, I feel like a lot of women out there, like, you're just, you have expectations to, like, be perfect and to be, like, you know, whatever it is. But, like, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And our bodies are tasting like our bodies and, like, that's normal and, like, like our pH, for example, if we're talking like specifically about like our cum or vaginal secretions or fluid, like it's not sweet, like that's not normal, and and that's that's okay, <laughs> and I think we just have to like kind of get over that in a way as a, like as a society to like feel mm-hmm. those pressures, but like again, like people do feel that pressure to like to to have like better tasting cum or whatever it is, but like mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with you know societal pressures but again like at the end of the day it's not going to taste sweet you'd have to drink like an insane amount probably and it still wouldn't be like ideal and it's not something I feel like to chase after like it's not realistic and I think it's like against societal pressures but if we're like super nervous about it I think we're we're we should then be just making sure we're hydrated because there are a lot of things that dehydrate us um, unfortunately, I feel like on a college campus, it's a lot of things that people are, are using and doing and drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's like coffee, beer, alcohol, smoking, like all of those Just things are... Just sucking us dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are dehydrating us. And and so if we're really worried about, about how our cum tastes or how our body secretions taste, like that sounds nasty. But like, you know, if, if we're nervous about stuff like that, like we can hydrate ourselves, drink water. That's really, really important. We, things like pineapple, sure, the reason why that's brought up a lot is because there's a lot of water content. Yeah. So any vegetables or fruit that are high in water content, watermelon, cucumbers, all of those things are good to add to our diet, making sure we're eating a balanced mm-hmm. diet, making sure we're hydrated as much as possible. All of those things are going to make our fluids taste a little less concentrated. Additionally, something to add is like pea for example, like asparagus, garlic, th- things like that make our pee smell. So if it's something that's making our pee smell, it potentially could be affecting the way our body secretions taste. So like if we're wanting to like cook up, maybe just don't eat asparagus, maybe <laughs> hydrate, maybe eat a salad <laughs> if we're concerned about that.
1: So at the end of the day, like a healthy you is yeah. healthy body secretions. You know,
2: like <laughs> just remember that you're not a pineapple and you right. don't need to taste like
1: a pineapple. True. True, Yeah. You're a human and
2: you taste like a human. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not yeah. in a cannibal way. Is <laughs> that clear? Is that clear to I everyone? I was confused. I don't want to be on the look for cannibals. <laughs>
0: But yeah, just like staying hydrated, staying healthy, all of those things we can kind of do to just like make, again, our body fluids less concentrated. And that's Mm -hmm. that's the best we can do. And I think that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Like our next question then is
1: how often should I get tested for STIs? This is a really great question, but, and I wish there was like a correct answer, but yeah. but but there there's there's technically not it it, it really depends on you as a person and what you're doing, how frequently you're having sex with a new partner. Um, some people say every six months, some say every three. Um, personally, uh, yeah, I I do it after every partner. Um, it, it just depends on what's what's good for what's you. good for you, yeah. and and also if you're having those conversations about um s t i status um with you know who even if you're just hooking up with somebody like, just like making those more did it yeah making like, those informed decisions um yeah for could sure. could affect uh yeah what you're and doing and how long you need to or how frequently you need to get tested there are a lot of different like
0: situations too that may change things, so whether mm-hmm. it's like having a committed partner for a really long time yeah. Whether it's, like, not hooking up at all, there's, like, a lot of different activities that we all individually are doing and choosing for ourselves that could potentially change the recommendation. But I think even if we're not hooking up a lot, if we're sexually active at the end of the day, like, testing regularly or semi-regularly is ideal. Even if we're not, like, potentially in contact, like, I think a lot of people think that they only should get tested if, like, someone they knew or someone they hooked Mm -hmm. up with recently was tested positive or something. And I think we can like break that down like it's totally a great thing and a great idea to just get tested every couple of months and again depending on like how often you're hooking up with people or how many partners you're you're having like that can all change but just being informed and keeping up to date. I know like especially like on college campuses like there are usually a lot of resources out there um, mm-hmm. whether it's like very cheap or even free to test and Just again, like talking to our partners, communicating with our partners, and if we are in a long-term relationship, I think that's also a great conversation to have. Um, How Uh, often should you test?
2: (laughs) And like if you're in a long-term relationship, that also depends on like, are you in a polyamorous relationship? And if Mm -hmm. you know that your partner is not just having sex with you, then it would probably be important to be like, okay, I need to know that you guys are like, testing regularly, but if it is just like you've decided, like it's just us two, like then yeah, maybe it's not as necessary. Yeah,
0: but again like, conversations having important conversations and love communicating
1: conversations.
2: yes we love communication all right and our final question is does size matter
1: no <laughs> period <laughs> <laughs> um so true <laughs> the long answer is that first and foremost every person is different you know some people enjoy deep penetration and some do not or some don't like penetration at all and Deep penetration can be achieved with spoiler, not just a penis. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: there are plenty of toys out there.
1: So. Yes, and it's really important to note that penetrative sex has really had our own normative, and it disregards other identities or types of sex there's you know there's a lot to consider when we're having sex
2: plenty of sex does not involve a penis so (laughs) it's important to note
1: sex does not mean that penetration sex can happen without it so you can have sex without penetration yeah Mm -hmm. spoiler shocker i know that might surprise a lot of people
2: um yeah and also the vagina like when it's um Aroused. Aroused. Thank you. <laughs> when it's aroused, it usually only gets up to, like, four centimeters. Inches. Uh, inches. inches. <laughs> of that would be very... <laughs> it only gets up to, like, four I- inches. So, I don't know. Not a lot of people really want a huge dick, you know? Like, it Shout might be really specifics. uncomfortable, actually. So, yeah. it might be, you know, maybe beneficial to not have a huge dick. Right. I don't know. Also, like... like- it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, like, if that's true. Like, it's like four inches, five inches, maybe, like, the average um, vagina. So, like, at the end of the day, like, if we're having... If we have a, a, a penis that's bigger than that, like, it can be painful, especially if we're just, like, slamming it into the cervix. Not always ideal, unless that's what we're looking for. But even then, like, a lot of, I feel like... Like, penises, like, on average are, like, five-ish in- inches. Like, five to six, maybe. But like probably on the lower end of that. So like, ideally, like that's that's the normal, that's the average. So like, I feel like when we're having conversations about about dick size, like I don't know, it's just like such a thing in society to to have a big dick, and like it it's something I feel like a lot of people want or feel bad about if they don't have it. But like,
2: I think it's really more important to like, I guess people who ha- I don't know like groups of people who have it than people who are like having sex with people who have it, you know? Like does that make sense? I kind
1: know.
0: Of. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, I know what you mean. Like so like people who you're saying people who have big dicks, like it matters to them more than it matters to anyone else. Oh, like the people that they're having it. sex with. Yeah. Like it, it matters got it, got to got the it. person
2: who has the dick more right. than it does to the person that they're having sex okay. with. Right. Yep. like
0: like yeah. a lot of people aren't out there like looking for a big dick, like unless they are. Like, sure, there are I'm sure people out there who are mm-hmm. looking for that, which is like completely valid.
2: Mm-hmm. But, but that's also not everyone. That's not
0: everyone, and and like size, sure, like maybe it matters to personal preference, but like if we're talking like just in general, like it doesn't. And there's so many different things that kind of go into that conversation, but like. No size doesn't matter, and if we're worried about it or we're interested in certain things like deep penetration, we can always use toys. Toys yeah, are additives to exactly. relationships,
1: not not replacements. So, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to like, you can have great sex with a small penis. You can have great sex or quote-unquote small penis. You right. can have great sex with a big penis. You could also have, spoiler, bad sex with either of those mm-hmm. as well. It just depends on so many other factors yeah. that, in my opinion, are more important than penis, penis size, size yeah. for sure. And, you know, like like we said, it depends on every person's personal preference, and, you know, it's likely you will leave satisfied Regardless, yeah, yes. <laughs> so especially if we're
0: communicating exactly.
1: All right. So that was a great um, conversation about all of our questions that we received. So just to um, conclude, in this episode, we answered and discussed questions from students regarding sex and sexual health. All of these questions are valid and there are no stupid questions, especially when it comes to sex, sexual health, pleasure, sexuality, all of that. Um, You can't know what you don't know. And uh, stay tuned for our future episodes where we will um, give information on how you can submit questions to be in our next Q&A. Thank you. you Bye. (laughs)